Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. Um, hot. Told you, I, I think I can record that and just punch button every day. Going to be hot, going to be hot, going to be hot. Uh, it is really getting to be scary out there. There's uh, not a better word for it. This kind of heat is dangerous. It is just way too much for plant or animal or person. Hopefully you're not keeping your kids, uh, your kids, whether they are human kids or fur kids out in this kind of weather. Make sure that they're getting water, shade, getting the opportunity to cool off. This is just horrendous. And um, we're going to have another year where we're going to lose trees. Wish we wouldn't. But um, sometimes nature takes care of that. We lost a ton of trees because of the freeze. We're going to lose more trees again because of the heat. It's what we have to deal with. Doesn't necessarily have to be pleasant. Now, what can you do about it? Going to emphasize something that this program has been mentioning for 40 years and that's to build up the soil. The better the soil, the deeper the root can grow. The deeper the root can go, the cooler it will be. It will be able to handle the heat. Down deep with a really well-tilled soil, lots of crumble, lots of goodies, lots of biology, you're gonna be able to hold water better and longer, the better the soil, the better the growing conditions. Now, ways you can do this, part of that problem of trying to improve the soil in this weather is we don't have water. Getting organic matter into the soil, well, that's a lot of work. Top dressing with compost in this kind of heat can burn what turf you have growing. So you can look at things like the Medina soil activator. You can use liquid molasses or liquid seaweed. And you wanna start doing this on a fairly regular basis. I used to tell people that if you had soil activator, molasses, seaweed, and good compost tea, you could alternate. Use one of them at the start of the month, go to the next at the middle of the month, and go through them. So that over two months, you used all four of those products. Putting all four of those products down on your turf will work really, really well. 
So if you can do that, and the advantage of these problems The advantage of the problem is all four of those products can be sprayed with a hose and sprayer. You can apply the fertilizer on your watering day, if you have a watering day, unfortunately. You can apply the molasses that way. If you, well, if you do this, it doesn't require a ton of labor. Now, it does get to be an issue when you turn around and uh, you wind up with it. You're in a community where you can't run your water. Cross your fingers. If you have been building up your soil, if you are constantly working to improve the conditions of the soil, you will wind up with soil that can keep more water in it to give you a much better environment. We are gonna lose a lot of plants. A lot of turf is gonna look very bad. Some long-term trees, some very large trees may turn around and not be able to handle the stress. It's, uh, going to be a fact. We have at least four more weeks of unbearable weather, and we may not get a drop of rain during that entire period of time. That is going to become more and more common in our summers here in Texas. Nobody wants to... Uh, deal with it. Nobody wants to agree with that idea. But the facts are, we are going to have to adjust how we do landscaping, how we thrive, how we take care of our plants. And the answer is, when the weather is decent, when you can be outside, when you can do that, you need 100% work at improving the soil on your property. That's gotta be your number one focus. Now, the other thing is starting to select what you want to keep and not keep. If you've got a plant that requires almost daily watering, and there are specimen plants we may have that cause that need that kind of attention. You need to make a decision as to whether it's worth keeping that plant or not. Is it worth your time and effort to use that much water for a few plants or a lot of plants when you can replace them with just as much beauty using plants that aren't so demanding of the water. 
Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I got texted a good question, and it's one to consider. Um, I talked about compost tea as a great application to your soil. The idea behind compost tea is that compost has all those microbes we want in it. Those things that help take care of the dirt, they, they make the growing conditions, they convert nutrients for the plants so the plants can use them. There's two types of compost tea. Start with a five gallon bucket. That doesn't matter what kind of tea you're doing. If you can take an old pair of knee-high nylons, pantyhose, cheesecloth, put a couple of big scoops of compost in that material and tie it up. You wind up with a bag of compost. Put it in the bucket and fill the bucket with water. Now, if you're making just plain compost, you can act like it's a tea bag. Just keep picking it up, dropping it back in there every once in a while, and say two hours of doing this, take that tea, take the bag out, take the liquid that is now your compost tea, and you can water your plants with it. Water the soil to put those biologies back into the soil <clears throat> and keep everything doing well. That is non-aerobic compost tea. It's simple to make. There's one problem with it. When you use it, you want to use it when it still smells decent. If you wait too long, it will smell horrendous. And you just want to dump that on your compost pile. If you want to make aerobic compost tea, you take a five-gallon bucket, couple of shovels in a bag, tie it up, lower the bag in there, get yourself a decent-sized aquarium fish pump. One of those ones that bubbles air, get a good size uh, air stone, hook it up to the air pump, fill the bucket with water and turn the pump on. What's happening is you're giving the biology lots of oxygen. They still need that. So bucket, Compost in a bag, aquarium air stone going heavily, filled with water, then add an ounce or two of molasses. Molasses is simply sugar. It's carbohydrates, and it will feed that soil biology. You can usually let this thing bubble about 24 hours. 
and you'll know you're doing well because it won't stink. In that 24-hour period of time, with plenty of food, the molasses, with plenty of oxygen from the air stone, you will get a rich blend that will be full of microbes. Now, when you're ready to use it after that 24 hours, take out, unplug the air stone, take it out, rinse it off, take out the bag of compost. You may want to squeeze it to get every ounce out of it you can. Then take all of the water and pour it into a uh, watering can. When you pour it in a watering can, it's probably going to be quite dark. That's fine. Add water till it looks like iced tea. It'll be brownish, but it won't be that dark. Can't see through it. Take that material and apply it where you need it around your trees, in your turf, around your plants. You can even use it as a foliar spray on your plants. What you're doing is you're kind of making sourdough bread. You're taking your starter mix, which would be the compost tea, and inoculating the soil with it to help increase the number of biology that you have going on in the soil and that are so, so critical. Now, it's simple to do. Uh, either way, does not take much time, doesn't take much effort, and can give you a pretty good return. How often? I would do compost tea, personally, about once a month. And I would spray an area of turf and my plants in an effort to really build up that soil. And it worked. I was very happy with the results. Now, I haven't done it in a while. I don't have a way to apply it now because I'm in an area that can't use the, the water. It's frustrating. I wish I could, but I can't go and use my hose to water like that. But that's a good way to start. You can build up your soil with the compost tea. Um, I got a text here asking about watering your green beans. Is it a waste of time or are they pastime? If they are green beans, not southern peas, not like black-eyed peas, etc., but if they're green beans, yeah, you're probably past time because of the heat. They're going to have a really hard time flowering and producing any beans for you. Remember, if you're going to cut them down, cut them flush. Do not pull out the roots. The roots have been fixing nitrogen all the time they've been growing. You want that nitrogen to be released back into the soil. So if you're going to remove them, cut them down. Do not pull out the roots. You will have wasted the benefit that the beans gave you. 
the bean roots will also produce a lot of organic matter. And in the fall, you can plant a new crop in there. Maybe you could plant your fall tomatoes. That's what you want to use those beans for. Right now, they're probably not going to produce any beans for you. But they are fixing nitrogen for you, and that is a very, very big benefit. A very big benefit. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Ryan or Roger, I see you there if you can hang on. I got a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Roger. Roger, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Well, right now I'm trying to talk myself out of mowing the yard. Uh, but uh, you're talking about compost tea. I have a lot of uh, native pecan trees on my property, and I heard the leaves are acidic. But uh, would that work for compost tea, or would you not use them? Wouldn't make a difference. Uh, Wouldn't make a difference. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. I didn't say that right. Y- you can use any compost you can get. So if you happen to have compost that had a lot of pecan leaves in it that broke down, that's not going to make a difference as opposed to having a bunch of oak leaves or a bunch of elm leaves. The idea is that it's the compost, not necessarily what made the compost. Okay, because i got plenty of five-gallon buckets and... uh... Now I can make the tea, and hopefully, uh, I was wondering, would the tea work on all plants, or is it just, I grow cactus and succulents. I was just wondering if it would work on that. Okay. Um, I'm going to say yes, but, you know, there's always one of those there. There are some plants, uh, I'll give you an example. I've got a septic system. I planted wildflower seeds, a big old package of an assortment of wildflower seeds. By the end of the year, when the plants were coming up, I could see exactly where the field was because there was a whole bunch of some kinds of wildflower and some other wildflowers were like, no man, that's too much water, that's too rich, whatever. So compost tea improves the soil. Is it possible to improve the soil to the point that some plants are not going to grow well in there? Yes, it is. But I can't tell you exactly where that point is or what plants that would be. All right. Well, I'll just start making my tea and start using it, uh, my lantanas and whatever else I got growing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. You're, you're, uh, you're what is the length of time anything. it takes to, to make an improvement? Um, you probably can't see one, but it happens immediately. As you go on, um, if you're doing tea every two to four weeks, uh, you will definitely start to see the plants doing better at the end of that four weeks. Of course, that's kind of deceptive there, Roger. Um, We've had zero rain, so any water is going to help the plants go 
so uh, the compost tea is going to start working on the soil for you. Yeah, I'd like to get some of my lantanas. I have monarchs just, I can't count the amount of monarchs i got on my property right now. Well, every little bit is going to help. And then in the fall, we want every bloom we can get in the fall as they migrate back south. I do believe so. Well, I'll take care of it. I appreciate the information, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Roger. Yeah, folks, um, you're not going to hurt any of your plants by using the compost tea, whether you use the anaerobic or the uh, aerobic tea. It'll just be a benefit because there will be nutrients in both. There will be biology in both. And it will help the soil. Both of them will. Let's go to the phone. This is Pete. Pete, what can I help you with? Okay. I live on some acreage out in Bastrop, and I have a pretty good number of mature post-oak trees. Okay. And I was one, I mean, we're talking like 60-plus years old. They're big. I can barely put my arms around the circumference of the trunks. My question is, would I be wasting my time? Uh, I have like a 275-gallon, one of those square tanks that I can pull on a trailer, dumping water along the drip line. And if so, do I dump it all in one spot? Do I go to like the four corners, north, south, east, west? What's the best way to take care of mature trees like that? Okay, you want to get water to the roots. You don't necessarily have to get it all the way around the tree, all right? Okay. If there's water in the roots on one side only, those roots still connect to the entire tree. So it will help simply to get water. Number two, just completely dumping. The problem with that is, is... uh, you will have some runoff and some of that water won't go to where it would be most beneficial. So if you can get it to come out slower, you know, like a garden hose speed, that would be fantastic. That would let it soak in nice and deep and slowly. I have a valve that I can control the flow, so that's fine. But about the, the, diameter of a garden hose you say yeah uh, um, your average home if it has a 40 psi water system which most of them do um, a garden hose valve if you open it full open you're going to get about 120 gallons of water out of it in an hour now that's okay. real. That's real generic. You know, if you sure. got more or less pressure, it changes it, etc. So, if you've got that kind of water coming out of the tank, that's what you're looking at: 120 gallons per hour. So you can just kind of open the valve on the tank and drive through the cluster of trees and let it slowly soak in and get them does that make sense yes sir it does and about i mean should i put like all 270 gallons on one tree or 
cut I it off it. at about halfway, or does it matter? As many trees as you may have, try splitting that much water between, like, maybe three or four trees. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, because water is still precious, and even if you have a well... Uh, I do. <laughs> let's not, yeah, let's not waste it, right? I understand. I, we need to be good stewards. I, I totally get it. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than the day you go to turn your well pump on and the water has dropped below the well pump. So, Well, I'm 150 feet down into the aquifer right now, so I'm okay. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yes, sir. But you, uh, you will do those trees quite the favor. And if you can do this, if we don't get rain again, let's say you do use watering, we don't get rain in a month, it would be really good if you could do it again. Perfect. Thank you for the advice. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Pete. Good luck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bye now. Yeah, folks. Uh, watering a well-established tree. We're talking a 60-year-old oak tree. You would not have to water it once a week. Definitely not once a day. But once a month in this heat, and you get it that inch of water, man, it'll be a very happy tree. Um, Nikki, I see you there. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a break here in a second, and I don't have time to get to you. So if you'll hang on, I'll catch you on the other side of the break. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, we're trying to keep up beautiful gardens in this incredibly terrible and dry heat. Uh, we're doing what we can. I will talk to you all on the other side of the break. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let me see here. Let's go to the phone. This is Nikki. Nikki, what can I help you with? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. Two questions or a question about two different salvias I have, salvia armistead and salvia amante. Both of them have grown nice and large, about three feet by three feet bushes. They get the right amount of sun, I think, but I'm not getting any more blooms. Should I trim them back, you know, just a third everything off, or should I be fertilizing them, or what should I do to get some blooms? Well, the weather's really tough on them. So even if you're providing water, it's going to slow down the blooming a little. But okay. that is a quick way to get them to have a second round of blooms. Once they bloom and you, the flowers are pretty much gone, trim them back. A third is probably the absolute max that I would do. But once you do that, you'll see it'll put on new growth and new blooms. Okay, great. Now, should I be fertilizing them? Right now, uh, I would be more concerned simply with water. Okay, I'm giving them good when, water. We, I am able to hand water them, so I'm able to yeah. do that. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. 
You bet. Good luck. Yeah, folks. Um, almost every flower, almost every flowering plant, once it does its bloom and the bloom starts to look nasty, if you cut that bloom off, deadhead it, it will produce new blooms. Someone texted uh, the hangover, oops, better not say it that way, the horticultural hangover ladies, and uh, they had blue mist flower and they didn't know whether to trim it back because some of it was blooming. Okay, leave the blooms. Trim back the brown, the ones that look bad, and you will get new blooms out of the rest of it. Uh, it should bloom without requiring uh, you to, to trim it back. Even if the blooms turn brown, they look terrible, it will be, it'll be brown, but it'll get knocked off by nature. It just will take a lot longer than if you went out there and went, that bloom's no good anymore, let me trim it. So it'll produce new growth, new blooms. It can be a pain if you're doing it now, you wanna be out. Uh, if you wanna be out in this weather, do it early. Not about keeping the plants healthy, but keeping you healthy. Um, be careful with what's going on when you're trimming them because it will have dead blooms on it and new buds forming. If you are not careful how you're cutting or for how deep, you may cut off new blossoms that are coming. But if you cut off the blossom that has already bloomed and doesn't look good anymore, it should be replaced by new ones. And you should get late season blooms from it. Right now, it is so difficult, so difficult for any assumption. So just to have to keep an eye on it, you, you really have to do what you can. Um, and it's hard choices. It, it is really hard choices. We don't have water. We have not had rain. And looking at the weather report, we have at least another week with no rain in the forecast, zero. They're not even trying to, you know, provide us with some calming by saying there's a 10% chance. No, there, there's not even that anymore. If we get any rain now, it's going to be just a complete fluke. We probably, we probably won't see rain again, at least for this week and probably most of the next. It is terrible that this is happening. <clears throat> Pick your plants. 
Pick the ones that you want to keep going and do what you can to save water. I've mentioned several times, those of you who don't have one, this is when you install a rainwater system. You put those in when it's not raining. They're easier to construct, you get them in place, and the minute we start getting rain, you get to start collecting it and you can use it for the next drought. Because folks, we all know the saying, droughts are ended by floods and floods are ended by droughts. So get that system in place. Even a 55-gallon barrel, a food-safe plastic, don't trust those metal ones. You don't know what could have been in the metal one. But the food-grade blue plastic drums hold 55 gallons of water. And if you have a downspout, you have a way to collect that water in that drum. Even in this weather, if you have, if you have rainwater collection, make sure you're putting your mosquito dunks in there every 30 days. All right? That's about how long they last and fight off the mosquitoes. And if you're looking for these drums, um, on multiple occasions, uh, I'll, I'll mention the city of Round Rock. I know that other cities have done it too, but many of the water treatment facilities need certain chemicals to keep the water clean. And these chemicals come in these 55-gallon drums. So you can check with the local water treatment facilities to see if they have drums available. The city of Round Rock used to configure them. They would take a bunch of the drums and they'd plumb them so that they had a valve on them and they would make them available for a discount to anybody with a city of uh, Round Rock water bill. So these can be very, very inexpensive. And most of these containers can take a coat of paint so you don't like the looks of it, paint it, make it look good. Make it look like something different. That way you don't have to deal with folks not liking them in your property. Remember, it is legal to collect rainwater. An HOA cannot ban you from collecting rainwater. They can, in fact, tell you that you have to collect it and keep the drum in the back of your home where it's behind a fence, but they cannot stop you from collecting rainwater. That's actually written into um, law. It's got it written down. I will search that out and talk about it tomorrow, make sure that Everybody knows that the law is on their side. Just like drip irrigation and not having St. Augustine. 
you can you can uh, you can plant any grass you want, folks. Uh, this has been gardening naturally. Coming up to the top of the hour here, it's been a hot day already. Going to be even hotter. Be careful. If you're going outside in this heat, make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you've got water to keep you hydrated. Make sure that you are wearing plenty of sun protection. Plenty of sun protection. I just had cancerous moles removed recently in the last month and they're from being a kid and going out and getting roasted every summer. So don't, uh, don't add to the problem. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. I will talk to you all tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Have a great day.